0: Hi, and welcome to episode 50 of No Crying in Baseball. Yeah, I said 50, but don't worry. We don't look a day over 29. It's the All the Best Seats We've Ever Had episode. My name's Patty. I'm here
1: with my friend Potty Mouth. Yeah, and I am really excited that we've hit this milestone, although 50 does sound kind of up there. I think it's, we don't look a day over 21. We, we still get catted, right, at the Packy? We get catted at the Packy. Yeah. yeah,
0: I actually know what that means because I've been <laughs> friends with Potty Mouth for a long time. Otherwise, I have no idea what she's saying. On today's show, we're going to talk about watching the good, the bad, and the ugly from the really great seats. We're going to say clinch a bunch more times. We're going to sing a little bit about if you like pina coladas. (laughs) um, Thank you, potty mouth. We have had so many boyfriend strikeouts, but in a good way. We're going to give you the National League MVP rundown, including a legitimate way for me to talk about the Cleveland Browns. We're going to talk about Addison Fricking Russell, Baseball for All's Maria Pepe series and Maria Pepe herself. And Big Sexy has a new tattoo. Potty Mal, tell us about those great seats.
1: So if anybody's been following us on social media, I posted this on absolutely everything. And if anybody has been within walking distance of me, I have grabbed you to tell you this story because I can't fucking believe how this happened. We have our regular nosebleed season or half season seats at Nats Park up there in the 4-0-somethings. And we're hanging out there Thursday night watching a, a tough game against the Mets, neither team really matters for but you know it was fun and because it was fun and because we're us we were our enthusiastic selves and we were maybe screaming a little bit or jumping at least two of the four of us were exactly exactly i think two of the four of us get a lot of credit for this because somewhere in the (laughs) sixth inning in the beginning of the sixth inning these two very well-dressed smiling women came up to us they had badges and they said that there was some benefactor who had these really nice seats and has them look for fans who look like they deserve it and bring them down there a little over halfway through the game. One thing I want to point out that if if people are very well-dressed at a
0: ball game and they have badges and they come walking towards you and they make, make eye contact, just say yes. It's going to be a good thing that they're going to offer you. They came, we said yes, and then they told us what it was.
1: Yeah, you had very good instincts on that, although they weren't really clear about where we were going and I don't think they knew. And so we start walking down and down and we did miss that Rendon home run. You and your daughter kind of peeled off to the side for a second to watch and yell and we kept going and we ended up being... Right in front of the fucking Nationals dugout, like the first row we were touching the dugout. I wasn't supposed to put my phone on it, but I did before I saw the little sign because I, it was just blocked. And my my jaw was just gaping the whole time. I couldn't believe we were within shouting. Well, we're always within shouting. distance because Boy, but. we shout at ballgames. This time, I really think they heard us. I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure they did they heard us.
0: us. Yeah, it was amazing. Every once while, we look over and like Juan Soto's head would pop up over there like, Oh my God, there's Juan Soto! And you have lots of pictures of butts because we got them mainly walking away towards, you know, to take their 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 um, ups at the at the home plate. And it's like, oh look, more butts. Hey hey hey, you get you get what you get, right? But they were right there, and it was
1: also kind of fun to have the uh, the bullpen cart right in front. I was like, oh look, there it goes there it goes there. It go. Yeah yeah, I got a couple of pictures of that. I'm just wondering what it looked like to them when they saw us. This is what keeps going through my mind. And when I was at the park the next (laughs) night and I was like across the park, I was in right field that night so I could see our seats and I could see all these little specks up there. And I'm thinking that night there were two jumping specks and somebody noticed (laughs) that a couple of those specks up there were not like the others.
0: We did look up from the, the dugout seats and say, wow, we do sit really far away. But when we're up in those seats, it doesn't feel so bad. It's, it's pretty great. But yeah, so from these great seats, we got to see some history being made. We saw Max Scherzer break both the franchise record and his personal strikeout record currently at 290 strikeouts. And he still has another starter to this season. So that's pretty freaking awesome. He may become the third pitcher in 16 years to break 300 strikeouts in a season behind behind Sale and Kershaw. So that's also a good company to be keeping. And he was asked about that after the game, and he said, "For me, those are milestones. I don't pitch for those. I pitch to win. That's why, if I wasn't so scared of him, I would totally want him to be a be a boyfriend. Instead, he's just part of the whole pitching staff." Yeah, I was still scared.
1: I was just thinking that when you when you said. That that, that's his reaction because he's so intense. He's just constantly intense. And I think all he's thinking of is just focused on the next pitch, not necessarily the big situation that's going on. Do do you want to say words like Pookie and Red Sox? I'll let you. I would love to say words Go for like the Red out. Sox. Uh, last week, I was all excited to talk about the Red Sox. And this week, I'm all excited about to talk about the Red Sox again because this time I can say the word clinch again and really mean it. They clinched the division with the help or with an amazing uh, performance by Mookie Betts, my boyfriend on the Red Sox, Pookie. And you know what? They did celebrate like middle schoolers. Last week, I talked about how nice they were when they clinched the wild cards, sipping their classy, champagne. From, classy sipping of champagne. I think I said they were big boys. Mm, well, they not. broke it all out. But, you know, they were at Yankee Stadium when they clinched. And just the poetry, and I know I shouldn't be condoning this kind of behavior, but it's so tempting. They were there. And I just have to say the Yankees since then has clinched the wild card and they also celebrated in the middle schooler kind of way. So what's their excuse? They could have sipped like when we got the wild card for sure. No one does.
0: No one does. It no was a one, one off when the Red Sox did it and we we knew it wasn't going to last. And, you know, the Yankees aren't going to have another clinch. To celebrate. Let's say that's going to happen. In the near future. So that's, that's the best they're going to get. We hope, we hope, we
1: hope. Do you want to tell us how great Pookie was? Yeah, I can tell you that Pookie got four hits with five runs batted in, including. His 30th home run, and we've been talking about that 30 30 stuff. He got the first 30. He got a three run home run. He only has two steals to go to get to that 30 ma- uh, 30 mark. And the cool thing is, this happened to be our buddy, the abuser Chapman's first time back in, and the home run came up off of Chapman. Nice. One of my, and we can talk about him. I'll mention him a little bit later when we're talking about that ugly stuff. Mookie was DHing because he's still sort of nursing that. Uh, strain that he had from doing those two really far throws in the outfield— but there's talk about maybe he's gonna be MVP. He might be back in the outfield pretty darn soon. They were partying in Yankee Stadium, but you know who wasn't too happy about that? Who wasn't too happy about that? Well, the Yankees, including <laughs> All of them, including John Carlos Stanton, who put out this this threat, which I'm hoping does not come to fruition. But he said they can celebrate now, and we've got time to celebrate later. Well, they had their celebration, yeah, yeah. I'm interested that you used the word threat right now
0: there. I, I do not see that as threatening at all. It's like, okay, they can do it now. We're gonna do it soon. Well it's all I good. guess I guess it's, all it's
1: good. threatening that they're gonna get to the point where the Red feel threatened Sox are by gonna... the Yankees. No, do you? no, no. Okay. I'm hoping that the A's take care of that and I don't have to sweat quite as much. They will. They will.
0: I believe in the A's. Come on, A's, be our friends. So in addition to the Yankees clinching a wild card berth. This week, the only other team to clinch this week were the Atlanta Braves. So, yes, my two most hated and only hated baseball franchises are the ones that clinched this week. Wait, wait, Astros clinched a berth, a berth. Oh, right. Okay, so um, I don't hate them. I don't hate the Astros. I'm going to have to have a smackdown with them later, but I don't hate them. But yeah, so two of the three. That's what I'm trying to say. Two of the three teams that clinched this week. Yeah, don't like them. Now, interestingly, the Braves are the only National League team to clinch so far. So when we talked about all those tiebreakers a few weeks ago, you might want to refer back because right now the Brewers trail the Cubs in the NL Central Central by two and a half games. The Rockies are only a game and a half behind the Dodgers. This is, a, as, we're, as we're recording the show right now, things could change today. I mean, somebody could win, somebody could lose, and that could flip. There are going to be tiebreakers. I just feel it. And we'll say clinch more next week, I'm sure.
1: And I really need a diagram because I went back over what you said last week, and I need to play it on super slow-mo to understand it. But I, you'll, you'll keep it. I'm here for
0: you, it. Potty Mouth. You bet I am.
1: Hey, do you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain? Oh, I, oh it's pouring today, it so that's it is, a good one. <laughs> and I was just caught in the rain, and I'm feeling a little damp, and I'd really like a pina colada, but I'll settle for my Oktoberfest beer here. We had a double pina activity this week, so pina Spanish for pineapple, representing the hair of the Gurriel brothers. Lourdes Gurriel, our rookie on the Blue Jays, and our buddy who I was adoring last year during the World Series because of his hair flips, Yuli Gurriel. The two of them, for the first time in MLB history, brothers both got multi-home run games on the same day. Now, that statistic, there can't be too many others who even would- That's even possible for that, right? But that's that. pretty awesome. And they did it in style. So the little guy, Baby Pina, he hit a 450-foot uh, home run off of a 99.1 mile per hour pitch, which apparently, in some stat cast terms, is the farthest with that fast of a pitch. And I'm not sure what the ranges are, but damn, it sounds good, doesn't it? It does. And math is hard. Math is way hard. I can do a little bit better with Yuli's math. He got a grand slam. That would be four runs, right, against the Angels in the first inning. So talk about, like, setting the tone for the day. And he ended up with a career high of seven runs batted in. And there's that clinching. The Astros did clinch a berth with that. Blue Jays aren't even close, but, you know, they have a, a bright future with my new boyfriend, actually. Lourdes Gurriel is my, now my Blue. Jay's boyfriend because of Josh Donaldson trading and all sorts of stuff happening. And another boyfriend, since I have the whole Astros pitching team as my boyfriend, Garrett Cole was pitching that night, and he got his thousandth strikeout. And he's that would be in history, not in that the season, because that would be
0: really extraordinary and impossible. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> lifetime, but yeah, lifetime. yeah, yeah, it's, it's thousand his, his
1: lifetime thousandth strikeout, but he's doing pretty well for the year too. He's number two at 272 behind Verlander also on the Astros, who's at 280, and he's at ahead of Cole in the rotation, so who knows what's going to happen. They're both super close in the strikeouts per nine, nine innings pitched, along with a lot of your Cleveland guys. So Cole is actually number one for strikeouts in nine innings. Verlander's number two, and then you got your Bauer, and then you got my Morton, and then you got your Cookie Carrasco. One more quick little thing about the, the double pina. They get to play each other for the first time tomorrow, Monday. Oh. So check out our social media. I'm, I've i got to follow through on that. They're a little nervous. Where
0: are their family members going to sit? That's, how do they decide? Maybe right behind home plate. You mentioned some of my Cleveland pitching staff boyfriends. They made history this week with last night's game. Over, oh my gosh, it's the Red Sox! Um, oh shit! Clevenger was pitching for the Cleveland team. That game sucked, and it was an awesome game. Fuck, it's Ugh, an awesome rough. game, and it's just—it's the shape of things to come in the playoffs. It's gonna be—it's gonna be fun. But what happened is Clevenger had a strikeout that put him over 200 strikeouts for the season. But it's not just cool for him. The Cleveland pitching staff is the first team in history to have four starting pitchers with more than 200 strikeouts each in the same season. So That's Kluber and Cookie Carrasco and Trevor Bauer and Mike Clevenger. And a handful of those guys were on the DL off and on, so they even had slightly shorter seasons than other folks but there are 14 pitchers in the major leagues with 200 or more home runs. Cleveland has four of them. So that's pretty cool. So I think we're both probably feeling pretty good about our pitching staff boyfriends.
1: And I'm feeling a little bit relieved that they take each other on before they take on the Red Sox. So no matter what happens, one of them has to be eliminated. And hopefully the Red Sox will get beyond whatever wild card team there is and only have to face either the Astros or the Cleveland team. It's not going to be pretty, but go ahead, Potty Mouth. Fuck, you know, I didn't even want to talk about this. And before the show, and we were going through it together and we were talking about current events and the why I didn't report hashtag, I said, yeah, we have to do this. And I'm just so fucking sick of it. It's so hard. And I think the bottom line is... We have to be really careful to have our boyfriends that are not on this list of abusers or suspected abusers, even suspected. There are so many guys out there that we need to support for just being a normal person and not an asshole like Addison Russell, shortstop of the Cubs. Wait, you have a new middle name for him? Yes, Addison fucking Russell, shortstop of the Cubs, abused, basically has been accused of abusing his wife repeatedly emotionally physically and sexually and it started last year and i don't know what planet i was on i i missed this what happened was a friend of hers posted something that connected that that accused him or reported her impression of him abusing her yeah so her
0: friend actually replied as a comment to something that Addison Russell's wife posted. So she didn't actually, she alluded to things, but then her friend flat out said, yeah, he hits her. I've seen it.
1: That's right. That's right. It was on Instagram, I believe. And uh, MLB started an investigation, apparently, and she, quote, declined to participate. So very unclear what that means, but she did not give any further information at that time. And then things got worse, And she actually left him in April of 2017 after he cheated on her yet again and she basically just lost it. They separated. She realized she was doing a lot better. Things were still tense, even being separated. He was stalking her, basically, and trying to get her back. And they divorced. And she just last week wrote a blog post detailing all of this. It's horrifying. It's horrifying.
0: Horrifying the things that she went through, and really brave of her to say, This is what happened to me.
1: Yeah, and the detail that she described it with is just shocking. I was just floored after reading it all, and you just can't imagine somebody writing that who didn't have that experience. I can't imagine why, especially because in the blog post itself, no names are listed. Her name is not on it. His name is on, not on it. But it was linked to an Instagram post that she had. And that's how it got through. And the next day, he's put on administrative leave and MLB is investigating. But nobody can say anything, which kind of drives me a little bit nuts. Theo Epstein, the president, owner Tom Ricketts, they're cooperating and they say they can't act on their own, right?
0: Yeah, so this, this administrative leave is like, no, one of the steps, I believe, in the investigative process. But they knew about this a year ago. Like you said, you weren't aware of it a year ago. Almost no one was. Now it's a PR problem for them, right? Now everybody knows because this blog post, it's picked up traction, it It was posted in a timely way with this whole why I didn't report, all of this. So now it's PR. So now
1: they're taking action. Yeah, the timing on that is kind of crazy with the why I didn't report stuff coming out because of the Supreme Court issue with Kavanaugh. So, yeah, so
0: she has said, I don't want to pursue this. She's in a new relationship. She's a healthy relationship. She's happy. She just wants to, this is what happened. I'm moving on. So I don't know what can happen. With him now, because she is clearly saying, no, I'm not going to
1: get involved in this anymore. Which is kind of crappy. There is no criminal investigation at this point because of that. He's totally denying it. He's saying that the allegations are completely false. Though, interestingly, coincidentally, his performance started tanking in 2016 So right before the actual separation and her leaving him. And this year, he's been hitting 158, very uncharacteristic. So who knows how this is actually uh, affecting him. But all I know is he is on our never-going-to-be-a-boyfriend list, Mm -hmm. not-going-to-be-a-boyfriend with the 11 other dudes. 11, Jesus. Since 2015, this is a relatively new policy, this new sexual harassment abuse policy by MLB, and let me just list these guys because I feel like this has to be said in the same breath of their names. We hear about these players often now and their achievements on the field, and only, it seems to me, a handful of women reporters remind us on a regular basis about their accusations. Uh, Jose Reyes from the Mets, Araldis Chapman, who I've talked about repeatedly on the Yankees, Yasiel Puig with the Dodgers, and, and actually that's an example of how mm, he didn't get uh, fined or suspended in any way. He was found innocent. A couple of these, who knows? Innocent until proven gu- guilty, but it's a rough bunch. Hector Oliveira, who is on the Braves, now he's a free agent. Jury's familia, another Matt, Derek Norris, who is on the Tigers and is now free. Steven Wright from the Red Sox, another one that I would give an excuse for, but at this point, I just don't want to. Miguel Sano from the Twins. Jose Torres of the Padres. And Roberto Asuna, who's the reason why my fantasy baseball boyfriend league is tanking because I will not take him with the rest of the Astros lineup. Damn it.
0: I have a proposal to eliminate this whole Addison frickin' Russell – ooh, I, I, see, I, I made that PG-13 problem for the Cubs, and that's with Javi Baez. We've been talking about Cy Young um, candidates for this for this year. We're moving on to telling you about the MVP candidates, this time for the National League. All of the Cy Young nominees or, or people that are in, in discussion to be possibly the National League Cy Young are also being talked about as National League MVPs, although that probably won't happen. But here's a couple of people who are absolutely in the race for the National League Cy Young. And one of them is Javi Baez, my boyfriend with the Cubs. I'm going to say he's the odds-on favorite because I have been checking betting sites. I don't normally do that, but that's what was coming up when I was doing research. I'm like, oh, look, here's actual numbers. So he's currently
1: the favorite. You're getting ready for our visit to the casino.
0: Yeah, we're going to do a field trip because one of the lucky things that happened to us this year is we got the prize I never, ever wanted to get at a Nance game, which was a $25 food credit at the local casino. So Potty Mouth and I in the off season, I think, are going to do a field trip just yeah. to report back because it's baseball related. Mm-hmm. It's, it's food because of baseball and betting because of – Baseball. So we're there. But anyway, so these betting sites have Javi Baez as the odds on favorite currently for the MLB, uh the for the National League MVP. He is the first player in history to hit 30 or more home runs while playing at least 20 games at each of second base, shortstop, and third base. So weirdly, he's like a utility guy. I mean, you don't think you think of him as like very sexy defense and a heck of a bat, but you don't realize, wow, he really plays a lot of positions in the field. And he makes that, you know, his nickname is, is, is El Mago. Is that right? Yeah. The magician. And because of the crazy diving catches and the, the, the miracle defense that he plays. So that's a big part of why he is in the race for MVP. But he also leads the National League with 107 RBIs, and he has already a 30-20 season. So he's doing amazing things on both sides, offense and sexy, sexy defense. So that's why he's number one right now. Coming up super quickly, however, and this is new, Christian Yelich of the Brewers, he escaped a bad thing, went to the Brewers, and now all of a sudden, he is breaking free. And he started like hardly on the list at the beginning, back to the betting sites, at the beginning of the season as a contender. And then in September, boom, he's shooting to the top of the, the, the odds to be the MVP. It's all about his back. He's an outfielder, no one cares about that. No one anything anyone mentions about him being in contention for MVP is about is about his glove. It's all about his bat. He hit for the cycle twice against the same team this season. Sorry, Cincinnati Reds. But, you know, he's your daddy. Um, he hit he did that August 29th where we went 6 for 6 to get the cycle, but then last Monday he got the cycle in four at bats. Wow. Outrageous. That's efficient. That's right smallest number of at-bats. To tell you how rare the cycle is, there have only been 322 in Major League Baseball history, and Yelich has number three, tw- numbers 321 and 322. Nice. So that's pretty amazing. Now I get to talk about the Cleveland Browns. You may or may not know that I am a Cleveland girl by birth, and I have co- kind of sworn off football for a while, but then um, my daughter, Potty Mouth Training, and I made a pinky promise that since the Browns finally won a game, we're all in the season. We're actually going to pay attention. We're going to get our matching Browns shirt. Why am I telling you about the Browns? I'll tell you why. Because Baker Mayfield, on his debut game as the, as the, the Cleveland Browns quarterback, had their first win, right? You know, out of like what 19 games as a year and a half, right? And he ended his press conference by saying, "Christian Yelich for NLB, NL MVP." He turns out they're friends; they worked out together in the same facility last year. He's got an autographed Yelich jersey, which is what he wore to the stadium on his way into his his um, his NFL. Uh, debut game, which he won.
1: So how about that? That I, sounds a little prophetic. I'm going to put my money on Yelich.
0: Yeah. See, I'm thinking that's that that that's the case too. And um, I'm just happy that I actually said Baker Mayfield because in my head, I keep thinking Curtis Mayfield. Yes. No, <laughs> that is not right. So I'm all in for Baker Mayfield. I'm all in for the Browns. Maybe I'm all in for Christian Yellich. So earlier in the season, Nolan Arenado of the Rockies was everybody's favorite. And also, Paul Goldschmidt and Freddie Freeman were getting talked about at the beginning because they're Both all, of your
1: boyfriends. They're my
0: boyfriends and they are veterans. They've been so they they play steady, they play great, everybody can count on them. And but then these kids, these upstarts are, are happening, right? Trevor Story also on The Rockies,
1: also your boyfriend, also
0: my boyfriend is kind of nice. Yeah, I know, right? I can pick him. Kind of giving Arenado a run for his money, so I think those guys are going to cancel each other out. And also, the Rockies are, you know, not in the. They're they're possibly in a tiebreaker here, but they've not been playing as well as they have been before. So, eh, and um, and also one or two places have mentioned Matt Carpenter of the Cardinals. But no one's given color commentary about that. So I think it's like, oh, yeah, he's having a good season, but he's not interesting. I don't know why people aren't talking about him more. I really think it's either going to be Bias or Yelich, and we will see about that.
1: He's got a magic salsa thing going. Carpenter, did you know about this? He, no. ha- he has. He's made some sort of special salsa that he eats before playing. So if he does get MVP, he's going to have to market that salsa.
0: OK, so now I'm all in for that because I want to yeah. know more about that. Part of our great seats um, week that we had – actually, this was me and Potty Mouth in training. My daughter, as I've said, she's named after um, Camden Yards, the ballpark there, and wanted to go to Camden Yards one more time this season. We wanted to make sure we saw Adam Jones one more time this season because who knows what's going to happen there. They are doing so poorly that we managed to sit right behind home plate uh, 12 rows back for $6 were $6. And um, we saw some history happen. But before I get there, I'm going to explain why those seats were $6. You already know this. The team stinks, right? But they're not the only ones that stink. The O's and the Royals are having terrible seasons. They may be the first teams to both lose 105 or more games in the same season since 2002. They stink, right? We still love them, maybe. There were at least 2,000 of us in the, in the ballpark that night who still loved them. Um, but our but five thirty eight, our our stats, our stats site that we love so much, asked Out of the Park Baseball, which is like an online sort of fantasy baseball simulation baseball organization, to run a simulation season where they pit the major league Royals and O's teams against triple A minor league teams. How That's they a thing. Do? They can do that. They actually did pretty well. That's good. So when when Potty Mouth and Training and I were at a game where we saw that the O's Triple A team were like, you "Just put these guys in," you know, instead of the actual O's, that may not have been true. It felt that way there, but it turns out the Royals and the O's can beat their Triple A counterparts and do it pretty well if that's who they're playing. Unfortunately, that's not who they're playing. So there's a lot of baseball math in there. So we're going to put the link in. So if you want to see how these simulations work and what they compared to what feel free. It's, it makes my head hurt just a little bit. I'm sure that's why my head hurts just a little bit. The history that Potty Mouth and Training and I saw at that Orioles game was, you know, this is the end of the season call-ups. You give the new guys a chance to play. New guy, DJ Stewart, plays outfield for the Orioles. We saw him get his first major league hit, which was a single. He scored a run on the single. It was Keystone Cops-related comic relief. There were two errors on the part of the Blue Jays. And so that got him to third base on his single. And then that last error ended up with an overthrow that landed in the dugout. And when the ball goes out of the field of play, you get another base. So talk about a first hit that you're going to remember forever. So yay for great
1: seats this week and yay for watching history happen. And some of it is funnier than others. I get to talk about happy stuff and that happy stuff is the continuation of the boom in girls baseball. And we are here on the ground floor and I can't tell you how excited I am to be talking about this. Baseball for All that we've talked about before, a national organization that supports girls baseball teams, girls playing baseball. They're having their first ever regional series this week we talked recently about their national series and baseball for all formed in 2010 they had their first nationals in 2015 with 24 teams and now they're finally getting enough to have regional tournaments so there's one going on right now as we speak in new jersey and it's the maria pepe series who's that i was about to say i had never heard that name before and i'm guessing you hadn't either i have not she is actually a revolutionary figure. At age 12, she was playing Little League, which was not so common in the early 1970s. So she was 12 a while ago. It was a while ago. Okay. Cool. All a right. while All ago. Right. And she was good and she was a pitcher. And somebody complained because Little League was for boys. Now, I don't fucking understand this logic. So if you're saying Little League is for boys because girls aren't good enough and they're going to get hurt or whatever it is, why would you complain that the other team has a girl? You would think that that would be an advantage for your side. Was it but somebody from another team that complained? I think that's how it Weird. started. And she was told by Little League, you have to hang up your uniform. You can keep score for us. Well, she and she talks about how she handled that for, I think, like a game. And it was just too painful because she loved baseball and she was good. Somehow, the National Organization for Women now found her case and took it to the New Jersey highest court and won. So the New Jersey branch of Little League immediately had to let girls in, and the National Little League realized, saw the writing on the wall, and before they got sued a shitload more, which they would have been, they changed their charter to let in girls. Unfortunately for Maria Pepe, by the time it was all settled, she had aged out and could not actually play herself. Uh, Little League, at that time anyway, was just age 8 to 12. Uh, since then, there's been another really important ruling, which is the NCA ruling in 2009, saying that baseball and softball are in fact different sports. So if you have baseball, you have to have opportunities for boys and girls in baseball. Just having softball does not count. And the girls are kick ass, so kick ass that they have these awesome team names. In this in this series, this weekend we have the DC Force. The Boston Slammers, the New York Wonders, my favorite, the Quebec Troublemakers. <laughs> I would be on that team. <laughs> so cool, so cool, and they have it for ages eight, eight and up, eleven and up, thirteen and up, and eighteen and up. It's actually under under the user oh, under. Fuck, take it from the got softball it, yeah. travel team, mom. Yeah, the and under. eight
0: and under, eighteen and under. Yeah, All those right. are yeah. Fuck, that's okay, but you All know right, that now. I'm gonna now. drink. You know that now, but that's really cool. And so they named the the series
1: after her and she was she threw out a first pitch didn't she she did so it took from 1974 when they am- amended their charter to 2003 to give this woman a call and say, you know, we kind of fucked up. Will you throw at the first pitch at the Little League World Series, which she did in 2004? 30 years later. Mm-hmm.
0: So things change slowly, but thank God they're changing. And it seems like they're changing more quickly now. The way you talked about um, the baseball for all moving so not, they don't just have one, one tournament, but they can have regional tournaments that to build up to it because there are enough teams to make that happen now. That's very cool. And hopefully we're going to keep looking at this and it's going to keep going big sexy Bartola Cologne has a new tattoo and I think it's kind of hilarious it is a giant tattoo which he says is Saint Michael battling the devil I look at this and all I can see is Wonder Woman and a dragon I don't know I, I, I so I don't know if he said this is what Saint Michael looks like because I don't know that we've ever met but um, or then tattoo artists just sort of pictured Wonder Woman in his head but it is freaking Wonder Woman the most hilarious thing about this though is I actually played a clip of the two people who were calling the game when he was pitching and they when I complain about like ESPN not talking about what's happening on the field, this these were not ESPN guys, but it was the same kind of thing. They said, wait a minute, is that a new tattoo? Did I just not see that before? They went on. I'd have no idea who he was pitching to or what happened. They couldn't stop talking about the tattoo until they determined, yep. Yeah. It's a new one, and it's pretty fun, and he was asked, why did he get the tattoo? And he said, well, it was, it's was. it been hot out, so it finally wasn't hot out, so I did it on my day off, which doesn't really explain why, but Bartolo Colon has a new tattoo, and it's kind of awesome.
1: And it's big, and it's colorful. You can't miss it if you look at him pitching. And it's Wonder Woman. So the week ahead for us, we have two more Nats games to go to with our
0: season tickets, and it's raining, it's raining, it's raining. So I'm kind of sad about that. Um, but we're going to keep watching for um, clinches that aren't going to happen for the Nationals, but are hopefully going to happen for other teams. Um, what do you have in the next week, or what do, what what what's going on?
1: Yeah, there's so it's the Nationals against the Marlins, and tomorrow's going to be raining, and I'm really debating whether to give it a shot, but Wednesday is definitely the last night. We gotta go. So we'll be there. And it's we're gonna be wrapping up our Fantasy Baseball Boyfriend League, and it looks like Deborah is running away from it. She's still in first place. I squeaked back into second. I was like, between your two teams, and then under, and then above. So we'll see what happens in the next week, right?
0: It was, it was a crazy week. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all turns out at the end of the season, which is coming way too soon. We hope your teams are doing better than the Nats. And, and I think the Potty Mouth hopes your teams aren't doing as well as the Red Sox, unless your team is the Red Sox. Um, while we're getting through this next rainy, rainy week, last last week of the season, um, we want you to tell your friends about us and subscribe and leave us a review and find us on social media so you can keep up with us in between shows until then say goodnight potty mouth Good night potty mouth.